You are now listening to the Claim It podcast with me, your host, Trisha Huffman, your joyologist. I have conversations with people who intrigue and inspire me, and we get into the journey of their lives, how they got to where they are today, how they get through their day today. Because I believe that our feelings of being successful, fulfilled, worthy, enough, lovable are not out there somewhere once I have this, do this, be this. Nope, it's something that we get to and must claim for ourselves every single day, sometimes every moment of the day. On today's episode, I have Jeff Wilmore. So excited to let you guys in on this conversation. I've, man, I've known Jeff for probably 10 years when I first met him when he was delivering transformational programs to over 200,000 people around the world. I was one of those people. (laughs) Um, And so I'm so excited to talk to him and let you guys hear about how he got into that work, the work he did with it, and why he now is bringing forth a new philosophy of business in his new work. Yeah, so can't wait for you to hear this. Just a little reminder, a little loving reminder from me to you. If you could please hit subscribe from wherever you're listening to now. And even better, if you want to leave me a review, that would be the best. And I will reward you by sending you a gift from my product line. So leave a review, especially in the Apple podcast platform. They love reviews there. It really helps the podcast get found. Screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at com, and I'll send you a little gift from my product line. All right, now let's get into the episode. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Trisha. I'm so excited to talk to you and to get into your journey and learning about you because so much of I thought when I first met you that I was real, I knew what was going on in my life. I was clear on stuff. I had personal responsibilities like that. But a friend of mine, John Marr, I'm going to drop his name because he's been on an episode and we talked about. um, Yeah. We not a workshopaholic. We rephrased it into what was that? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, so I love I, John. I was introduced to come to some sort of work workshop by John Morrow. Me and a couple friends went, and I wasn't like, "Oh, I need work. Help me. I'm you know, fix me." I was already working as a joyologist and felt like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm open to this stuff." And doing the work with you had a such an impact in on my life. And so and and I've done more work even last year I did something with you that again gave me the what is it the calling the come back mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. that always seeing in what is my calling what is my purpose in the world to see making aligned. And so I'm so grateful for you and all I've learned and I'm about to start crying. Um <laughs> And so I want to get into how did you get to where where this is? So how did you, let's start with like growing up. And like, I like to especially talk of like teenage years because I feel like that's definitely a time where we can feel like yeah, this pressure yeah. of what should we be doing with our lives? We go to college, what are we going to be with our life? And like, we have to have it figured out or I don't know. So what was like high school life? Or you can even go before that if you want. Wow. wow. We're just going to jump right in, huh? That's a good question. I was, first of all, my whole life growing up, 
end of high school, I was super shy. I was as shy as any person you've ever met. I mean, I just, the idea of speaking to a group or anything like that just terrified me to no end. So I have a identical twin brother and we've been best friends forever. And it's interesting. I didn't see this till later, but the way our relationship worked was I was more the responsible one. So I kind of kept him out of trouble and I'd make sure that we were getting our assignments in and like that. And he was more of the social director. So I always had friends and things to do, but it was mostly because he was he was organizing it and I went along, you know. And uh, I think different than now, at least in my era when I grew up, who you went to high school with are the people you went to middle school with and they're the same people you went to elementary school with. And there weren't schools to choose from. It's not, you know, I, I, I live in Phoenix now and it's, you know, our kids have the choice of schools they want to go to. So I, uh, I grew up with the same group from elementary all the way through. Um, so, and, hmm, teenage years. Or just even like, did you, were you going to go to college? Did you know you wanted to go to college? Did you just feel pressure? Did you think about what you wanted to be with your life? Or were you just like, I know I have to go to college? Or what was that? I didn't feel pressure. I, I, it was just, I mean, the expectations and values of, the family I grew up in was lots of reading and the conversation around the dinner table at night was a lot of current events. And we were in Washington, D.C. or right outside. And uh, my dad grew up in the political or not grew up, but first worked in the political arena as a chief of staff for a senator and so on. So we were always discussing current events and. Uh, would take turns passing the Washington Post around, you know. So it was always expected that you'd go to college. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I mean, at that point in my life, secretly, I thought about being a a first a Trappist monk because I read everything from Thomas Merton, and I read. Henry David Thoreau and I that what's a Trappist monk because when I think of monk then I'm like you're like in a cave wearing orange that's where my mind goes (laughs) and you're quiet (laughs) that's that's closer to Buddha so Trappist is in the more of the um Christian tradition which I wasn't necessarily pulled to it's just the whole idea of you know long periods of silence and meditation and up in a monastery somewhere and wow so that's what you were being drawn to yeah and then i found buddhism and zen and then i kind of evolved to a zen monk was going to be my thing was this when you were still in high school or you're in college high school and where did you get introduced to these things like that buddhism and zen do you remember I got introduced to Zen from a book my father had. Yeah, he had, my my dad had a serious 
car wreck where he was sitting at a red light, got rear-ended by a drunk driver. Uh, this is when I was 13. And it left him with the worst kind of medical whiplash you can have, like uh, five herniated discs all at once. You know, so he was just, it, it, and it really changed his life. I mean, it, his, he couldn't keep up with his consulting business and he was in and out of the hospital and traction and pain pills. And um, that led him on a spiritual meditative journey where he really saw he had to let go of the drive to succeed and compete and win. And it led him to uh, meditation and Zen and then led him to the S training. And he started to do a number of things like that. All, you know, once he got to the point where he figured out that Western medicine doesn't have a solution for me of just this constant pain and suffering I'm in. And I began to discover, I still remember him sharing with me of when he had the realization that he could choose his car rack. And at that moment, the whole experience of being a victim disappeared for him. And yeah, it moves me to think about it. But so I, you know, his his journey definitely impacted all of us. I have I have I have three brothers, but I look at him as for me the forerunner into this whole world of the world of the mind was already there, but then the world of our own consciousness and enlightenment, which were kind of foreign words to me. I think I was into psychology before all that happened. And when all that happened and and he was on that journey, I more morphed to consciousness and enlightenment. And that's been my passion ever since. I mean, he's, he's finding a way to combine it with contributing and making a difference. I think that's where that's that's how I got moved away from the the monk idea is that the whole element of contributing to others. Right. Because yeah, what I'm making up in that is like if monk, then you're going to get the peace for yourself, the tranquility. Yeah. And how will that benefit? Like you wanted other people to have that, which is yeah the same as what moved me when my father passed away is that I felt like I had done a great job of living my life, my way, taking care of myself, this, but then when my father passed away, it made me be like, but great. I do that for myself. How can other, I do this for others. Yeah. Yeah. What can I do to wake other people up? Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, my experience is we all have that. I mean, anyone I've ever run into, they may not feel it or experience it, but if you can feel away the resignation or the cynicism, what's always there for all of us is wanting to know our life contributed and it made a difference certainly to the people close to us family and so on but usually much bigger than that I mean, who wouldn't want to know that their life contributed to life so at the I, I i mean my first hero that i remember having was robert kennedy when he was running for president and i was eight so i also had this 
side, and I I attribute it just from the politically committed family I grew up in. My my stepdad when he came back from Vietnam and you know was one of the anti-war movement leaders in Washington D.C. and we marched in that stuff and. So at the same time, I had this, you know, real passion for people like Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King Jr., and people who came after that. So, yeah, finding a way to put the two together to contribute and make a real difference in the area of human enlightenment, consciousness, uh, that's been my life. And so what was then... What did you go to college for and what did you do once you got out of college or did you complete college? And Yeah, I, I did. I went to college, uh, University of Virginia, loved it, had a great time. You know, I, when I look at it just really honestly for myself, I don't see it as any significant experience in my life. I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed some of the classes and I think I became a better probably a better writer or, you know, so some of that stuff. But I I look at that time and the, the actual thing of college was not a impactful, transformative experience for me. And I ended up majoring in political science, mostly because I had to pick something. Yeah. I, I think I got to my third year and I had equal credits in history and English and political science. So I chose that. Um, and I, I graduated without any, any idea what I was going to do. It was, uh, uh, what, what, what I'm, yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. So what did you end up doing with my twin brother? We kind of were ski bums out in the, uh, West. We, we'd grown up loving skiing on the East Coast and finally took a trip out west to ski after college and soon discovered we'd never really skied before. Well, skiing in West Virginia was a poor imitation of the, of the real thing. So Yeah, I grew up skiing, but like in Cincinnati, Ohio, on like man-made slopes. I know. It's amazing any of us stuck with it with all that. but. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, and we ended up getting in, starting a business and, uh, and the Rockies of, we first started with one getting a, a bankrupt golf course up in the mountains, which we knew, we, we knew nothing about. And then in a, in a business buying failing companies and turning them around and, like restarting it. So like you bought a bankrupt golf course to still keep it alive as a, a golf course. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you, where do you feel like you guys got that idea? Like that seems pretty like, great. This, this is what we'll do. <laughs> we, we had no idea what we were doing. We made so many mistakes, but we had the time of our life. It was, it was fun. It was, and we were making money for the first time in our life and we were single. And so it didn't really matter that much that we mostly we accomplished anything because we worked our ass off uh but i had several you know i had real um i had a epiphany at that point in my life i i remember that 
first of all, that there were lots and lots of people way better at what I was doing than I was. And that was kind of an eye opener because it, it, it had me get dedicated to, okay, I'm going to get good at this business thing. So I, I started to read all the latest business books and I started, I got the subscriptions to Inc. Magazine and Fast Company and those things. And I even got a subscription to the Wall Street Journal and forced myself to read it almost daily. So I just couldn't take it every day. But, but then I had this realization that has stuck with me forever, which was everything I was doing and reading and studying and learning is what I now call common knowledge. And I don't use the word common pejoratively. It's just common. It's, it's what everyone else has. And it seems obvious and how you should do it and so on. And, you know, that's the point uh, that I got really committed and interested in. There has to be a way to give a, give people, give a professional, give someone like you or I an access to to live true to our vision, to actually create an enterprise around what our vision was. I wasn't clear what my vision was. I just knew I had one. I but and 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 I began to look around, well, where would I go to get that kind of training or that kind of coaching? And there really wasn't anywhere and anything. I mean, everywhere. Because the vision you're talking about is back when like the interest in the consciousness and that stuff. So you had that in the back, you know, you have this. But yeah, what, how do I do this? What, what does that look like? Yeah, what does that look like as a business? What does that look like? How do, how do I make a living doing something like that? Um, or how do I have any business? line up with what's most important to me as a human being because I just experienced in business so much of it was like this this uh rat race how much you can make get bigger bigger faster faster <laughs> yeah just just competing with the person next to you and they have the same common knowledge and so it usually came down to who was going to outwork the other and I just I, I I looked around me, and it's I still remember remember the moment having that having that realization. It was like um, Neo and Matrix when the whole you know it's like I looked around, and it's like everywhere I looked, I saw everyone just trying to outwork each other, and it was like wow, this is a crummy life. This this is not sustainable. Now, it wasn't that big of a problem for me at the time because I was 25 or something and... No kids, probably no single. No. I, yeah, I didn't have a family and, you know, I could do whatever I wanted, you know. So, but that led me to start to delve into more unconventional training, education, knowledge, and, and then probably the best thing about that point in my life that led me to the Landmark Forum. I walked into a forum. And how did you, did someone tell it? Was that you just looking for what is out there? Well, you mentioned your father had done EST. Yeah. He, yeah. The EST training was the precursor to the forum. So I knew about it. 
and yet a few people mentioned it here and there. And when it evolved into the form, it was really new at this point. So anyway, I I got myself registered in it for no real reason other than I was just I was just exploring, and and that 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 altered my life. I mean, that was that was profound, and having see you know being freeing myself from various past based identities that for me weren't past based they were they were real they were who i am like how i would define myself well i am a shy person and to be free of that and discovered i wasn't stuck with who i wound up being you know it's just been a profound gift in my life so Anyway, my brother and I ended up selling the companies we had because I was going to go off and lead the forum, which I did. And how did he feel about like, you know, you're in this journey, you guys are, you're trying to learn all the business stuff. And then finally, you're like, what is this rat race? I'm going to go here. Where was he at? He was great with it. It it wasn't, it wasn't a like, I mean, for him, he was like, First of all, supporting what I was committed to, but also he was happy to sell because it wasn't like uh, running a golf course and buying a bankrupt condominium project. It wasn't like this was our destiny, you know? Yeah. I mean, it might be for someone else. It wasn't for us. We were, you know, um, doing something. (laughs) Exploring. Yeah. 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 Exploring. But also, for people that don't haven't heard of Landmark Forum, what would you describe it as? Or even like, so yeah, you ended up becoming a, a leader, but back then too, like, you know, like what, if you can even remember, like, what would you have called it back then when you first went to a forum or like? Yeah, well, let's see. I don't know what I would have called it then. I think it's just a really simple way of looking at it now is a the most powerful three-day exploration into your own blind spot that creates whole new openings and avenues of freedom and possibility in your life. And I I mean, it still amazes me to this day. I mean, it must be kind of a funny joke God played on us all or something that the most powerful impactful blind spots we all have are in the areas that we're certain there's no blind spot. I mean, no, 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 no. There is no blind spot in this area. I am clearly seeing it the way it is. That's where the big openings are. I mean, so the anyway, the forum was designed as an inquiry like that. That's part of the extraordinary nature of it is the design of it. And then it's based on ontological philosophy so you get unique a real deep dive into being which is what ontology is all about and i've just it's really ever since then it's been it's really my area of uh, my chosen area of expertise that i uh, as far as i'm concerned i'll spend the rest of my life exploring it on what it is it on uh ontology and phenomenology ontology and phenomenology and what is that yeah and it's well 
uh, ontology is the study of being. So study of being. Now, as a philosophy, it's interesting. I find that it's profound when you engage in it in the living of life. So, I mean, at every moment, you and I are being something, being happy, being annoyed, being upset, being hurt. And it's interesting because you can't locate being. I mean, if we if we open me up right now, you can't find Jeff inside. You can't find being in there. You find biology in there, but you don't find being. So being and consciousness, for me, are like different sides of the same coin. You know, you get consciousness and being are the same conversation. So a conversation that gives access to being, I, I just, it's, it's really profound when you're in it. I mean. Right. Because when I was thinking. Oh, just now when you're saying being in conscious and the same, like I was thinking, but a lot of times we are on unconscious in how we're being. So what is that you're saying though, but when you are bringing your attention to who am I being, that's when you're conscious. Yes. And that's, and that's when the domain of being and the, and the full possibility of being opens up when I'm not stuck being shy the rest of my life. I'm not limited to being uh, triggered. Or just even like right now, I am hurt, but my bringing my attention to, instead of just going through today and I'm doing stuff and I'm showing up and Trisha's hurt. But when I bring my attention to, I am being hurt. then that consciousness allows me to address it, face it and work through it. And that, I mean. I'm like questioning yeah. you, but I'm like, that's how I'm seeing it. Yeah, but is yeah, that also yeah. No, no, it's great. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, same. Because like I said, I learned a lot of things from Jeff and other people. So <laughs> very, very well said. And then um, phenomenology then is the study of phenomena. So how things actually exist. And it's just, I mean, for us human beings, at least in my experience personally, but then also engaging with thousands is hardly anything just is what it is for us human beings. There's a a way something exists for us and it's rarely just what it is. I mean, you know, the weather's hardly ever just weather. It's good weather or bad weather. Or... You know, that conversation I had is rarely just a conversation. It was this or that. Or there's so many layers. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. it. like what you're saying that things, we don't allow things to just be what it is because layers, past experiences, opinions, all the stuff that we are putting filtering like we can't see the weather yeah we're seeing the weather everybody's looking at the same weather could call it 10 different things yeah yeah that sort of thing like yeah so we you know there's so the point is we're always bringing a frame through which we're engaging life we're bringing a perspective that's already there and very often i find we don't know what we're bringing to it. We're not aware of it. It's something that's so familiar or automatic. It's just automatic. And 
you know, uh, developing ourselves to look and inquire and to see their frames or their perspectives, not only creates freedom, but it also gives us the power to dance among different frames. There's so many different, I mean, I get it different. If I look at this situation through the lens of politics, I get one, one experience. If I look at it through the lens of justice, I get another one. If I look at the lens of my personal life experience, you know, and neither one, neither one of those is the truth. Yeah. It's a whole range. So anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's my passion. That's what I love. I love to be able to contribute it to others. You know, I was, I, I had a, someone I know a little bit through Facebook. I mean, we're connected on Facebook and I, I mostly let all the political stuff on Facebook just go by, but I've been experimenting a bit lately with, and I do it through personal message because when it's public, there's the way that occurs for people and people have to defend it a little more if it's public. So I'll send someone a message. So this, this person who I, you know, they had some post up about the lefties are all full of shit and the blah, blah, you know, like that. And I, so I sent him a personal message and I said, Hey, when you post like that, who were you talking to? And, you know, he answered back whatever he said. I said, no, that's, that's what you're talking to. Who are you, are you talking to me? Are you, I mean, who are you talking to? And, and uh, yeah, I said, okay, well, we could say, uh, you know, my wife, I, it sounds like would, my wife would fit your definition of a lefty. So what you're saying is, Gail Wilmore, you are so full of shit and, <laughs> and you're a bully because that's how his post started, you know? And it just, you know, him being able to see the frame he was being to it, it shifted. So he said, oh, my God. And he went back and he changed the post. He said, no, I'm not. I don't I don't mean it that way, you know. So anyway, I it's uh, I, I it's an endless, endless. exploration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I think about that a lot and try to share that, too, is that like. As much as like, even like you, you have a twin brother. So you and your twin brother know so much. I, you know, let's say you share everything with each other, but still you and your twin brother still don't maybe know each other's full like truth inside because you don't know like how things show up to you and your unique experiences, even if you went through every unique experience together is different. Right. right? And it's like, yeah, it's yeah. easy to go on the defense. And I, yeah, like even right now I'm in a thing where like, I want to go on defense and then I'm constantly open myself up to like, well, I don't know how this is showing up to this person and why they are so eager to attack and blame me. And like, that's, you know, the, it's not always about you thing, but like, yeah, okay. I will take some responsibility that this is that, but like, we just never know <laughs> what's going yeah, on yeah. in people's minds. And I mean, I, a lot of my personal self-work and then what I teaching is so much about like radical compassion because in like doing this work and the being and the consciousness, you start to see all of the bullshit that's in our minds <laughs> yeah, and things yeah. that we lead ourselves to believe and get upset about. And then everybody else is leaving, living with that stuff 
too, that we don't know yeah. about. And like that there's so much pain and hurt that we don't know about that is existing in each individual. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I mean, um, I, I mean, I think it's probably true. I, I can't think of any exceptions that all of us, whatever we're doing or saying or not doing or not saying, it's totally logical to us. It, it might not be to anyone else. But when I'm angry, it's logical to me. I mean, my anger makes total sense given the way I'm seeing and experiencing whatever's happening or my distance or my pulling myself away or my hurt or so yeah that's a uh you know that's that's worthy of i think of a lifelong commitment to keep to be more and more over there and getting how it is for another to have real compassion not not agreement but compassion yeah and that also you said no you might never fully get what it is they're seeing, feeling, experiencing, but to have that idea, right. the holding space for it, the compassion that I don't know. Psst, it's me, Trisha, bringing you a brief, awesome interruption to tell you about my podcast partner, Blissoma, authentic green beauty. Cutting edge chemistry meets traditional herbal knowledge for the best of both words. And now, while I am not a beauty blogger by any means, I have been using organic, green, clean, all the buzzwords, beauty and skin products for 10 years now. And um, it can be a challenge to find ones that work for you and ones that are actually legit and not just greenwashing. This brand I am obsessed with, and I'm not just saying that. I've been using them for over a month now, and it has radically changed the appearance, the feel of my skin, everything. One of my favorite products is the Restore Oil. It's a masterpiece of nutritious oils to help keep a huge range of skin types glowing and supple. It's um, honestly, they say that you'll think it's magic and it is like magic. I use it day and night, but I've also been using several of their products. Feel free to DM me at your dermatologist and I'll let you know. But they also, if you go to blissoma.com, they have like support and a quiz to really help you find the right skin products for you. So go to blissoma.com and you can also use code CLAIMIT for 20% off all oils and serums. Seriously, you gotta pay attention to what's in your skincare products. This company is amazing and it works. Um, okay, back to your story. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. This is how I work. <laughs> That's good. So you did the forum, you yep. loved it. Do you remember anything you mentioned the, the about the being shy? Like, did you have any other like big, was there? Cause I don't even, I did the forum with you 10 years ago, maybe yeah, 10 years yeah. ago. And so I don't now necessarily, even though I remember it having such a big impact, I can't even like fully remember like, Oh, I had this moment or something like that. But do you remember, like, I feel like, is it a lot about personal responsibility or no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that that's definitely part of the model. Yeah, part of it. 
Yeah, yeah. A a a a key part of the model is you're the source of all the meaning and interpretation you've added to life. And when you get related to just what happened as what happened, then all the I was a victim or I was screwed over, all that disappears because all that lives in the interpretation part. Yeah, I found that and I still daily basis find that incredibly freeing, even though it seems weighty. Like, I got to take responsibility for my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it feels like, no, 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 no. (laughs) But I I find it incredibly freeing, like I said. And I lately keep noticing, like, I feel like that person needs to take a lesson about personal responsibility. I feel (laughs) like that person's life would be a lot easier (laughs) and enjoyable for them if they could learn responsibility. It's a very counterintuitive thing because we almost the the common way of understanding responsibility is who's to blame or who gets credit, and and under that understanding we we divide up responsibility. So well, and and in some cases you may say I am a hundred percent responsible. It was all my fault. But most often it's, well, I was, I was only 80% responsible. You need to own your share. And that's why it often occurs for us like, well, I, I could let go of my hurt if you would at least apologize. If you would, and which, okay, the only problem with that, it leaves the source of our experience very often over there. And when I can see that my hurt is a function of how I've interpreted things, then it allows me to let go of, well, they don't need to apologize. Maybe they will, but I don't need them to. But I can apologize for for me. Anyway, yeah, that's that that's that's definitely a key part of it. I think that, you know, when I did the forum, I mean the probably the biggest there, there are two things I most recollect as just really transformative, I'll never get over kind of things. One is I lived my life in a view that I was never going to measure up to my dad's expectations of me. And because I wasn't, therefore, he didn't really love me. He wasn't proud of me. And, and so, so much of my life and the drivenness of what I was trying to accomplish, which I didn't even know what it was other than I had to make something of myself, you know, was all this compensation that I was never going to reach. And I, you know, I had the realization in the forum that my dad loved me and he always had. And this whole story I'd made up that he didn't was, it was the interpretation of an, of a disappointed eight-year-old. You know, uh, I can remember coming home from third grade with my report card and had all A's and one B. And my dad said, what's with the B? And I made a decision then. But as often, often we don't make the decisions right then. It's now and forever. And you were not conscious. You were making that decision. That remark then like imprinted something in you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'll never be enough for him. 
It's not I'm not, not enough for him now. We hardly ever say that. We say it for the future. Now, I mean, since then, I've come to, as I've done a little bit of study in neuroscience and, you know, I mean, the neuroscientists now say that that's the number one design function of our brain is predict the future. And we, where we go to predict the future is the past. Of the makeup of our brain or our, the system. Yeah. So I, you know, being, being free of that, putting, taking that piece of the past out of my future and the forum in 1991 and putting it in the past, well, that altered my life forever. It was like I was, I was free to create and design a life now that wasn't going to be this compensation to make up for my dad wasn't proud of me i mean i look back on it now it's like my god what a waste of a life that would have been you know but anyway and speaking of your dad and then we were talking about personal responsibility too you mentioned earlier like after he started doing work and after the car accident that you said he was able to choose was it is that how you phrased it the car accident yeah which i know from the what that means. But yeah, if anybody else had caught that, had been like, what? Like, what is that? Yeah, it, it didn't make any sense to me at the time either. It was, you know, I, he, he came back from this S training thing and he's, and he's not on his crutches, which he'd been on every day, you know. I'm like, what the heck happened to you? He said, well, I gave up being a victim of my car wreck and I chose it. I'm like, what? He said, when I did that, most of my pain disappeared. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? And um, ontologically, even with acceptance, which is a very high space, accepting what is, you know, it's the essence of Buddhist thought as, you know, um, forgiveness and Christianity and so on. So, like, I accept that I was in a car accident. I accept this. Yes. It's one thing. But even with acceptance, we can often find a way. We, we can still end up experience being a victim of something. You know, kind of like, well, what choice do I have? I'll just have to accept it. I mean, I, I accept the fact that Trisha screwed me over. You know, I'm just going to have to live with it. He totally screwed me over. And you can still be left as a victim. Left. Damn that, Trisha. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so we created, or how we used it in the forum was choice was the ultimate acceptance, the ultimate form of acceptance, which is when you choose what is. So that's what my father was talking about. and. Yeah, I I find, uh, yeah, like I, I will share about like choose it or change it. So like choose what it is or change your attitude about it. I don't know if that totally applies to like to choosing it. But I feel like traffic is always the easiest way to explain that. Are you going to bitch and moan and complain about traffic and how you could have taken a different route? Why is this happening? This car accident or choose traffic? Yeah. Which it might have came from the forum, that analogy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you live in Southern California, <laughs> you're choosing traffic goes with it. 
it's kind of like if you don't want the traffic, well, you should move then. Don't bitch and moan and complain. Oh, it takes me so long every day. I hate my life because of traffic. Yeah. Choose traffic. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to you. So you really got a lot from Forum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you decided, were you immediately like, this is it? I will be a leader. Or did that take I, some time? I, I, I had that thought sitting in the Forum. But I think when I did the advanced course, the second one, that's when I... I said to my brother, I think was the first one, I want to get trained to lead this. And so then I started to organize my life to do that. And, and I did that and started out leading the forum and then became the person at Landmark that trained the leaders and leading the forum. And, you know, just, it was an amazing life and ride and, uh, 20, 20 plus years of leading the forum to people like you. And how did you, especially at the beginning of leading it, because I make up, okay, even though you've wanted, you've had this vision that you didn't know clearly, and now you have found some work that really like, okay, and I'm on board, I'm going to lead it. Especially starting out, do you remember like, who am I to lead this? Who am I yeah, now to stand yeah. in front of this room and to tell yeah. people that like that sort of imposter yeah. syndrome yeah. or doubt, fear? And like, how did you, how would you, how were you able to like work yeah, well, the, yeah, excellent question. Um, you know, the, the training for leading the form is anywhere from four to seven years. Okay. So you get some good stuff under <laughs> before you're stepping out there. <laughs> the, uh, the point of that is because it just won't fly unless you live it, unless, unless yeah. you're the real deal. So, and so instead of I'm talking or I'm presenting, I'm sharing my life. Right. You're not regurgitating information you learned that you inspired by. You have taken it, lived it, experienced it. You now are like, yes, yeah, directly coming through you, even though it was sourced yes. from somewhere else originally. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, where the S training originally came from was Warner Earhart's experience. And so then he, he put it together to share his experience. And so the forum, when it's powerfully delivered, it's like that. The forum leader is sharing, this is what I've discovered in life, and you can try it on. This is not the truth. It's not a belief system. There's nothing to buy into. This is what I've experienced. And I want to contribute it to you and take what works for you and whatever doesn't work, throw it back. You're not stuck with any of it. That's when it's when it's really well done. It's coming from that place. You know, there's a, a quote from the famous saxophonist, Charlie Bird Parker, who said, if you don't live it, it won't come out your horn. So it, it really is like that. I mean, it's certainly like that about the form. It probably is about anything, you know. Yeah. And then what about then? So that sounds like you were pretty well set up. <laughs> yeah. And you got to keep discovering it because it sounds great to go around and have 150 people lead the forum to but after about the first dozen or 15 or 20 well and then also this is something you so wanted to do but now you're on the road constantly i yeah it's the same like you want to live i call bullshit on the quote i have made a video choose a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life like 
There's oh, going to be some days you don't want to show up. That. That's, that's some of the worst <laughs> advice ever. I can't believe that caught on. That's terrible. I know. Thank you for calling bullshit on that. Truly. You're yeah, welcome. I know because yeah, you're right. I mean, when you're in here, you are in Kansas City at a Hilton Garden Inn, you know, that gets old fast. Yeah. Really fast. Um, and again, it points to you got to be living it. You got to be there for the contribution it was to these people because that's the only thing that makes it worth it. So yeah, what would you do to like, yeah, make sure, okay, before I step into this new room today, like if you were feeling in a, oh, I wish I was home, especially once you had kids and all of that, like, was it the reminder? Like, yeah, how would you get? You could say that the form leaders, I mean, it was, the schedule was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'd lead. So on Thursday, the, all the form leaders around the world who were had a forum that weekend, we'd get on the phone on Thursday and, you know, basically take the time we needed to do the work on ourselves. And so we were connected to why are we doing that? Yeah. So, I mean, as I, you know, you got to walk up there Friday morning where there's nothing there but the opportunity for those people. Yeah, that was a that was a real privilege. And then I'm about to detour out of this, but also because again, when I went to that again, not expecting, I'm like, sure, I'll tag along, cool. Yeah, yeah and I did yeah. get a lot from it, but I also liked that it didn't seem it. It is I'm spiritual in ways, but it's actually like it's just felt like straight real talk. Right. Real, yeah. not like mm -hmm. any woo woo spin or I'm going to a goddess, uh, evaluate yourself. Nothing wrong for people that are drawn to that. I had not been. <laughs> so I like that. But in the room, people from so many diverse backgrounds, you know, people working at fast food restaurants, high level corporations, you could find celebrities, people from all walks of life. Right. are in that room and then your job is very much to call them out on their shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sticking with that, which can be uncomfortable in that, yeah, there are people then you're trying, you are doing this for their own good so that they can yeah. see things, work through that. But yeah, lots of um, reactions and pushback yeah. can yeah. come up. So yeah. what, you know, that experience of having to deal with people that want to tell you to go fuck yourself, <laughs> that you yeah. don't know what you talk yeah. about, I'm guessing yeah. was, would regularly show up. And that how would you, how would you be able to, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Handle that and show up. Well, I think my personal favorite was someone once called me seriously in the form. I was the devil incarnate. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. Um, Yes, it was, you know, one of the ways I like to talk about it is we, the formator holds up a mirror for people so they can see themselves. And the form's designed in a way to provoke triggers. And it doesn't take much. So it's not that the formator has to do a whole lot. It's not like going around and getting in people's face or something. You just have to be straight. And you have to point out bullshit and things to consider. And 
first, you know, I mean, people are amazing. I mean, the fact that people are there is, says a whole lot about who they are and what they're up to. Totally. The fact that they want to show up, exactly. even if they hate exactly. it, to sit in that chair and be a, even a little bit open to. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then the opportunity is to see and why it's designed to be done in a group is because it's it speeds up the process to see yourself because it's easier to see it in another. It's like, oh, my God, is this person ever going to shut up and sit down? And at some point, there's this realization, oh, my God, that's me. Or, oh, my God, this is what I do when I'm arguing with my spouse. Or, oh, my. So having that whole mix of humanity like that, you, you see it all. I mean, I used to tell people it, it, it is the most entertaining show in town. I mean, I remember being like, I just, can I just come and sit in the back of the room like every week? Because what well, entertaining, but also moving because even when yes. there's anger stuff, like you do see real people come into face their like and some bad, bad shit that happened to those people yes. that really did yeah. happen. And then them like being able to get healed and not stay in this place of victim of terrible things that happened to them. But I was so inspired being by other people. It is profoundly moving to the the courage for people to look and take themselves on, and then the inspiring part to see people get free. Because none of us, if we had a choice, would choose to be okay. I think I'm going to be resigned today. I think I'm going to be annoyed and hateful today. I think I'm going to be. No one chooses that stuff. So to have an access to free ourselves up from those, some our own default automatic things. Yeah, it was, you know, I, I, I consider it just one of the privileges of my lifetime to have had the opportunity to do that with so many people all over the uh, world. Yeah. I mean, including do you even you? have, including me, which yeah. I was laughing because I don't, I wasn't, the forum part I didn't, and then when I did the advanced, I was so triggered in advance. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> but um, next level trigger, yeah. yeah <laughs> like forum, right. I was like, "This is amazing! Yes, love it." Advanced, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, but it, no, but it by the end of the weekend, I yeah, around, right, but right. like, yeah. Um, well, that says yeah. In advance, we take on groups. I remember getting so pissed off about not like being able to go to lunch with my friend. Like, like now I'm like, why was I so pissed off? Like, well, that's when, when it comes to, I mean, it's enough of a challenge to how do I communicate with this one person or, but then when you start to get deal with groups and who am I for this group and how do I make a difference in this group? And I have no voice and, no one yeah. listens to me. Uh, and yeah, it's one thing to get clear on your own shit. I think I'm good. And then you have to actually relate to other people. Fuck. Exactly. <laughs> and because whether we like it or not, we exist in relationship to groups of others. It's not just life is not just this individual, individual. You know, we yeah. the group called community, this group. I mean, you just have to look now in the current political environment and social justice environment and start to see all the stuff that comes up as we try to interact with groups. I mean, it's, uh, it ain't pretty. It's challenging. Yeah. 
So, yeah, and you, I'm get, I don't even know how many thousands of people you likely worked with over the years in doing that, right? <laughs> like, A couple zero. hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah. And so what was it for you that made you then finally be like, okay, I'm ready to leave this? Did And when you left, did you know what you were going to creating or did you just feel like I need now to just stop from going, going, going? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, it was not planned out that I was going to stop leading the forum. It was a middle of the night epiphany for me because at, at the time with, you know, the, the schedule I had led for many years and, you know, my, my wife and my family, I mean, our whole life was designed around the life I lived as a form leader. And they, they, you know, my wife had signed on for it. I mean, I mean no one was complaining about it per se. And, but the, uh, the uh, joke at my kid's school was my wife, Gail, just wore a ring to, to pretend she was married because none of them knew me. I just wasn't around, you know? Well, especially, yeah, I'm assuming more school things happen on the days you're traveling and sports events and whatever would be happening. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I had this, uh, I had a middle of the night epiphany of if I didn't alter my lifestyle was, I was going to die one day with some serious regrets. You know, that was the year my daughter was leaving for college. And I, I, you know, I was just really realized that I'd missed most of her life and I didn't know her friends and, and my son was 12 at the time and I saw that future. And then I, I had, you know, uh, dreams with my wife of wanting to go to Italy with her and wanting to, you know, and I just, I was realizing, dude, that's not going to happen. Not with the life you're living. So that's when I made a change. I didn't know what I was going to do other than, uh, this has been fabulous. It's been great. And that's it on this. I'm going to do something else. So how long, so then once you had, I'm guessing, yeah, gave notice and you pleaded. So now you're not working for them. What did you do? Did you give yourself time to just be and exist? Were you in, what am I going to do next? I was going to do that. I was going to take a year and just do nothing. And that lasted about six weeks. And it wasn't because I couldn't or I didn't like hanging around. I mean, you know, taking my kids to school and having morning tea with my wife. I was like, delicious. This, this was a good life, you know. It was more I was just really hungry to break out of the, the mode I'd gotten in, where, which was just, hard work was the answer. And I, you know, I'd had this idea of way back when I was in business and I saw that hard work thing. And as, as I led the form all these years, I saw it, especially with people who were successful professionals and business people, they lived the same life. I saw what people sacrificed in some cases, suffered in order to have success in their career, in their profession. And I was just committed to create something that would give people a way out of that, where they could both 
be extraordinary in their chosen profession, but to do it in such a way that they fulfill their most important life commitments versus the model we have definitely in the in the modern western world it's a model of you're supposed to sacrifice for the business you're supposed oh oh you're an entrepreneur well you're supposed to work 70 hours a week and you have to outwork and you don't give up and the, and while you certainly need that tool you certainly need that skill the skill to persist and not give up but it being promoted and sold as the answer i mean we need to call bullshit on that because yeah. for, for for every person who can who who wants to sell that message well don't give up on your dreams and if i can do it you can do it there's a thousand people who didn't give up and they worked their ass off and it still hasn't turned out for them or or even it has, but they're so caught up in keeping it up in this that they're not actually enjoying yeah. their life. And this is people with business. Like I'm even flashing back to being a kid, you know, a lot of how my mom was raised. And so then what she took on is we need, you know, it, we need money to be, will be safe to be provided for that. So she would work so, so, so much to provide for us so that we could have things and but was unhappy. And then I never really felt the experience of my mother and her love because she was expressing in we have to yeah. have things I have to provide for you. Yeah. And then and so she and she, but yet she was not enjoying her life to be able to like give us these things or so even in that that's so often I mean, that's the reason the podcast is named claim it. <laughs> as that is like you have claim your joy, your worth, your fulfillment, your success, yeah. your enoughness each day, sometimes in every moment, because if you keep putting it outside of yourself, you never truly feel it. Oh, once my company reaches this much amount, once, you know, once I make this much money, once I meet the person, once whatever, then yeah. I will feel enough worthy, successful, and can like slow down or whatever. It's just like everybody's on a hamster wheel. Yes. Yes. Well said. So how did you, so you had had this idea and then you had the time. So was that the six, six weeks in you suddenly, you just like felt this urge of like, what will this look like or? Yeah, it, it was, I'm going to design this so I can get it myself. Cause also, yeah, you don't know what you're going to do, but eventually you're going back to work. <laughs> yeah. In a very real way. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to design this year long program. I, I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. I know it's for professionals and business people generally. And I'm talking to me. This is so I can get it. So I can redesign a career that I align with my calling, not I sacrifice in order to make their business optimum you know and so that's the that's where this year-long course came from and it's been uh, i mean i i was committed and was pretty confident it'd be powerful but it's really exceeded my expectations for people and it's uh bringing ontology and phenomenology to business and so people peel away the assumptions and the way it is that they don't even bother to question so they can end up redesigning their career that aligns with what they want their life to be about. 
And you, and this is open up to, cause I, I can make up when people say business that it seems like the head corporation CPO, which it is, but also people do your program that are like a solopreneur, like to- me, totally. I didn't do yes. the program, but I did a workshop with you that is probably somewhat similar, but not as much. Cause it's a year. I'm guessing a year would be different than two days, but yeah. So I mean, would even any person that wants to make money, it probably would work for. Someone who's got a chosen career or profession that they're already doing. So it's not really designed for people who are trying to figure out what to do. It's someone who's already got a direction. And what happens, as I've distinguished, is that once we decide or choose to make a business out of something, you step into what I call the force field of business. and just like a force field, you know, if you're trying to go up, but the force field is going this way, you end up going that way, whether you like it or not, you can resist all you want. And the force field of business, I mean, there's many elements to it as I've distinguished it so far, but it, you know, it includes working hard, it includes that it attacks your gender. And it includes that Financial success lines up with ego fulfillment, and on and on and on. And the whole point of of having awareness of the force field is so you can step out of it and you can create something that fulfills what your vision is, your passion is, and at the same time generate financial success, wealth. Yeah. And what was the experience in building and creating this? Because Landmark, you went through whatever, seven or something years of training. This is it. It's all set up for you. This is, even though you have so much information, intellect, passion, like now you're creating something on your own. So what was that experience in you creating your own business and not like, you know, I'm guessing freeing, but also... Yeah, yeah. Was there questioning or, yeah, again, doubts? Like what was came coming up in that process? Well, I think it helped. It helped that I'd been dreaming about this thing for 10 plus years, you know. So it's when I left being a form leader, it was, and I thought, what am I going to do? Okay, well, I'm not going to worry about that now. I'm going to take a year off. But then as I kept returning to it, I thought, well, I should design that course I've been dreaming about and see if anyone shows up, you know? I I want to design that course and see if anybody shows up. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you never know once you put it out into the marketplace. That's where the rubber meets the road, as you know. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's the world is filled with great ideas and great products that flop. Yeah, and it doesn't mean anything's wrong with the product or the program. It's just you never know. It's it's that's part of the challenge. How do I how do I speak it into the marketplace? How do I connect with people? How do I? I mean, the traditional way of talking about that is how do I market it and sell it? How do I do that without betraying what my vision is? Right. Because you start to do that. That's very often where you start to start to betray it a little bit. Well, I, I, I got to make sales. Right. You know? Yeah. And, or even 
I can make up too. Like, okay. Oh, if it took this long to get it filled or I only have this people like, then it's like, like going back into like, I'm living my calling and this, but what does that mean? Or is this right, right. <laughs> like, you, did you have to, what do you have to pull yourself out of that? Or maybe even still when you go open enrollment and stuff of like, like what keeps you back to, is it? Yeah. Well, your I, calling I, or I mean, it's grounding it's, yourself. It's challenging because I find there's no answers out there. I mean, there's no. I mean, there's not a book you can get that's going to tell you how to live true to your vision. It's that doesn't mean that there's no books worth reading. Obviously, there are, but in the so much in the world of business, I found and and why I bid off business was not because it's oh, business is this huge passion of mine. I mean, there's something in there from you know my own startups and so on, but but at time. We're at the end of our life, someone who's been a committed professional or something, the estimates say will have spent at least 50% of their life working. And I think it's the most challenging area to connect to our heart and connect to our spirit and to, and to experience living true to. So I wanted to find a way where someone could have a pathway and an access to do that. And I found there's just not easy answers. It takes thinking, designing, inventing. And, you know, I, I, you know, the, I think the big superstition about people who design and invent is that happens in moments of inspiration. And I think there's some of those for sure. But mostly in our, you know, our mutual good friend, I remember talking to him about writing songs and it's just not like that for him, like moments of inspiration. There are some of those, but mostly it's the showing up to write, showing up to the page, showing up to the space to get exactly. to work. I mean, if someone who thinks it's easy to write a book, they should start with a blank page and start writing that. Let's, let's see what you come up with. So it's like that. If, I, if I'm actually going to design my career, my profession, my engagement with the world, my how do I engage the market, it's, it's uh, challenging. And yet that's how you end up with a unique business. And the other thing I found out, which is like a bonus, is the marketplace rewards uniqueness. It, it values uniqueness highly. And I, I you know, I, I think one of the things that, that has happened is, a, is we look to hire someone to do this kind of thinking for us. I think that's the... Uh, the uh, proliferation of quote-unquote branding. And it doesn't mean that's not useful, and I'm sure a lot of people do that well, but I think a lot of that is a substitute for I've got to go away and start get the blank page and start to, why am I doing this? Yeah, it is interesting because even like, Okay, well, why do I do what like it's like to really dig in and try to get clear and like when you were have the creating the calling or whatever, it's like to empower people. That's not exactly like you know, like what it like to really dig deep and that's what my calling ended up being 
My calling is people constantly uncovering and honoring who they are. Yeah. And that was painful for me to get to. What is my work? What is my mission about? Like empowering people, it isn't enough. Oh, people owning who they are isn't enough. And like that, that, and I even had to add the constantly because it's in every moment we're forgetting, we're getting upset, we're this, we're that. Constantly uncovering who they are. And yeah, just sitting down and getting really super clear on what am I about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, so thank you. Yes. Yeah. For for that and all the other things you've shared with me. Okay. Let's get to, um, my final things I ask everybody is these are pulling up an image of phrases that I have on keychains in my product line. And I ask every guest to pick not necessarily which phrase they like the most, but which they feel they want as a reminder in their life right now and why, because I will be sending you the keychain. So which Uh, reminder do you want to see every day? (laughs) Let's see. See the good. See, someone clearly stole that from you for their most recent song they came out with. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, his is look for the good, but he actually got that inspired by someone else that mentioned that. Yeah. We are all inspired by the world. I know. I know. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Grab these phrases. (laughs) I think I will go with, uh, I choose joy. All right. And why does that one feel? It seems the, it's something I'm, (laughs) we were talking about choosing else. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, the joy part it's something i'm currently for a while now expanding my capacity to experience and create and be grateful for the opportunity possibility and the joy that comes from that i think that's something i haven't been always good at yeah well i'm glad you're opening that up cuz again yeah, yeah it's like it's interesting you live your life's work and have created these things but again yeah it can even get oh I'm so lit up about what I get to do or this and that and but just it's easy to forget joy and enjoying your life out of even the service you give to other people right it's like (laughs) yeah yeah okay what is a go-to to raise your joy levels um I think I mean what I'm the 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 practice of being aware the practice of being aware of and creating what there is to be grateful for okay i ask everybody how to apl- or how they can apply this phrase to their own life what is yeah. easiest for you is not always what is best for you so what is easiest for me is to do blank what is best for me is to do Oh, yeah. What is easiest for me is to intellectually distinguish linguistically this from that. What's what's best for me is to be more aware of my own feelings and emotions. Mm, Love that in that insight. All right. The last thing is the name of the podcast is Claim It. As I already mentioned 
why that we're often putting things outside of ourselves and just similar somewhat into like how you can choose this. You can claim your worth, your joy, your value, yeah, successful, yeah. regardless of what you've done today, ever, how much money you have in your bank, which size your clothes are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, You can claim that. So what are you claiming for yourself right now? Oh, that's good. I'm claiming the opportunities of the future. All right. Yeah. Love that. Thank you so much, Jeff. If there's anything uh, last you want to say, let me know. Uh, it's, it's great spending time with you. Always, always. Wish we could do it more often. Thanks for the conversation. I've, I've seen some things for myself in it. So I, I appreciate that. Love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for, yeah, the impact you've made on my life and the hundreds of thousands of people out there. And It is a privilege, and uh, I love you. I love you. Thank you. All right. I hope you guys loved that. As always, please share the episode, tag me, and if you have any questions, feel free to DM me at your joyologist. Um, especially, um, as you hear in this episode, and I've mentioned it in some other episodes before too, Landmark really did have an impact on me in my life. And I think it's an amazing thing for people to do. Some people um, give it a bad rap because with anything that's good and so life-changing, some people can go like all, 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 all in and their whole life's about it and they won't stop talking about it and they want to enroll people in it because it's transformational. So people have said it's like a cult and it is in no way a cult. Um, anyway, I'm not, I'm, I'm not an affiliated with them at all. I did my program 10 years ago with them and I still feel life changing from it. And yeah, nobody's making money. I just, it is, it's a great program. So feel free to DM me about it if you genuinely are interested in it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for, for full show notes, go to yourjoologist.com slash podcast. You'll find all the episodes there. For more on Jeff and his work, jeffwilmore.org. He's also on Instagram as jeff underscore wilmore. Uh, and I'm, everything's me, yourjoyologist.com. I already said DM me at yourjoyologist. I love to see you guys talking about the episodes, sharing it, letting me know what your favorite parts were, ahas. And as I mentioned at the beginning, love, love, love if you would subscribe and leave a review. The reviews really help the podcast become more discoverable, which means more people out there around the world thinking about their lives differently and claiming their joy, their worth, their value. We want that. We want that for each other. So if you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me at podcast at yourjoyologist.com. And I'll send you a gift from my product line. Just like I have the keychains, I have magnets, I have the affirmation deck, I have mugs, art prints, journals, and notepads. So much good stuff to empower you. You can get all those goodies at shop.yourjoyologist.com. Shop.yourjoyologist.com. My daily inspiration app called Own Your Awesome is available in the app stores. And I'm really grateful that you guys spend time with me and show up each week or some weeks, anytime. I value you. I value your feedback. And let's leave this episode with the final thought of what 
are you believing about yourself right now? You know, if there's a doubt, a fear coming up, what are you believing about yourself? And then ask yourself, what do I want to believe about myself? I want to believe that I can do anything I put my mind to. I want to believe that I am at ease. I want to believe that everyone loves me. (laughs) Whatever it is, the first thought that comes to you, and then you can make it even more powerful by putting an I am in front of it and putting that after it. So, or I am loved. I am a badass. I am getting shit done. I am free. It feels good. So that's how I create affirmations, BT dubs. I tune into what I'm thinking and feeling, whether it's a doubt or a fear, ask myself what I want to believe, and then create a phrase that empowers me and calls me into it. All right, feel free. DM me, share me, share, share, share your new affirmations with me as well. At your dialogist, I will see you there. Claim it.